So John chapter 14, mark that place and we'll get to that momentarily. But our beginning reading this morning is going to come out of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5. Again, John chapter 14, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're going to read one verse out of both of these places and then we're going to come back and read just a little bit more. Ecclesiastes 5 and 4 says this, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast found. John chapter 14. Skip on over down to the 15th verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. This morning, I want you to think about heavenly vows. Heavenly vows. I performed several weddings along the way. Some of you have never here. I'm a believer that vows in a wedding are important. Now, I know that the going trend today is that maybe people aren't worried about vows. and It's more about the celebration. I know a lot of times we get this idea that, that love is just something that once two people meet each other, that they're just always going to love each other. I'm going to go this morning and tell you, that's not always true. Now, are we required to love each other? Yes. But what I do notice this morning is this, is that when two people unite together, I believe that their vows overcome many obstacles and battles that they face. What are the vows that people might speak one to another? I'm not going to ask any of you today if you remember your vows. What I am asking you is this, is that sometimes do we have to be reminded There's a commitment that I believe that two parties make to each other. God, excuse me, husband to wife and wife to husband, but also believe in this. We make vows unto God and God also makes vows unto us. And let's go ahead and establish this very early. God keeps his vows. If you want to talk about faithfulness in a marriage, if you want to talk about dedication in one that is that truly loves and never has to be reminded of his love, folks, that is God's love towards us. But what about our love towards God? Do we really love him? Do we really care for him? Ecclesiastes 5, and I'm going to go back and read now another verse. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 4. Let's read it again. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. In other words, don't delay it. Take care of it now. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. When you talk about vows in a wedding, it's talking about people that are making a serious commitment one to another. As a matter of fact, in nearly every wedding I've ever performed, it, it talks about in sickness and in health. In other words, two different extremes. When you're, when you're going through poor times in your life and wealthy times in your life, you're still going to love each other. What about times in, to, a, to a man and a woman that, that we might say that, that even when, when they're lovable and even when they're unlovable, you're still going to be married and you're still going to love each other. 
Folks, aren't you glad today to know that God, through all the circumstances that you and I face in our life, that we make heavenly vows unto Him, and God loves us, and He loves us unconditionally. Our definition, and I'm going to say this, and this may not be a very popular opinion, but our definition of marriage in our society is totally getting away from the Word of God. It's about this Hollywood thing and about this, this glamour of how things feel. Remember what Jesus said. He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Sometimes I'm a believer in this. Our vows and our love drives us to actions in our life. I will tell every man and woman that's soon to unite in holy matrimony that there's going to be times it's not things you want to do, but because of your love, you will be driven to your actions based off your love for the person, not the action you're doing. I want to say that again. Sometimes love will drive you to an action you don't want to do, but it's because of the love you have for the person. Folks, today God loves us and we love God. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We're going to dive into John chapter 14 here in just a little bit. But I want to ask you something today. Is there anybody here besides me that wants to bargain and make promises to God? It just seems like when I was lost, I would say, God, if you would just do this and this. And you know what? There was a lot of empty promises I made to God. I don't say that boastfully or pridefully today, but there's a lot of times we make empty promises to God. God, I'll do this and I'll do that. But you know when I got saved is when I got an altar and I got sincere with God. I said, God, whatever you need me to do, wherever you need me to go, it doesn't matter. God, just take the burden of sin away so that I can find peace with you folks. This morning, I made a vow unto God that I would love Him unconditionally. Now, do I do that? No. But I have to be reminded today, and John 14 is going to teach us how this happens, but we're going to be reminded today that it is important that we keep our vows to God. Do you know why people, I don't want to get into statistics of marriage anymore, but you can just see there's a great decline on that. It's not important to get married. And again, that, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. But you know, a lot of people are afraid that if they make a commitment and a promise, that it's closing doors in their life. You know what we want to do in our Christian life? And you may tell me that this is not like that with you. But in our Christian life, we're afraid, God, if I make vows and promises to you, it closes the door on me fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You know what I'm going to say? Absolutely, does it do that? Absolutely, that's what happens to us. When we commit to God and we say, God, I'm going to seek after you and keep your commandments, we are closing the door saying, God, let us not fulfill the lust of our flesh and the desires of our flesh, but may we focus on you. May that be our burden and desire today. If you're here and you've never been saved, before you're ever going to be saved, you've got to want God more than anything else, even the own desires of your flesh. Are you worried about today about what doors are going to be closed in your life? We see here that that that, that love in, in John chapter, well, in, in the Gospel of John, but we're going to get into the 14th chapter of John particularly. But in this John chapter 14 and John as a whole, love is a pretty important theme that you can read about here. Over and over again, we're going to read about the word love. Go ahead and read if we can. John chapter 14, and let's begin in verse 15 again. If you love me, keep my commandments. Listen to the word love. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he abide with you. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. 
At that day ye shall know that I am the Father, and ye know me, and I in you. Here's what I wanted to read. He that hath my commandments and keepeth him, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest. I want you to listen to that word. He said, I'm going to manifest myself to him. You know what it means to manifest himself? He said, if you love me and you can meet my commandments, he said, I'm just going to keep revealing. You know, sometimes they'll take a statue and they'll take that that, that it's been draped with and they'll pull it down really slow. And you start seeing the revelation happen, maybe of the, the, the top of the head or if they start at the bottom, that, that you can see toes or whatever of a statue. You know what? God is, is teaching us that if we love Him and we keep His commandments, He's going to keep revealing Himself more and more and more. My prayer for every soul that is here today is that you might see more of Jesus. And it goes back to the very beginning that, that when he talks about in that 15th verse, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus is teaching here in the upper room that outside of the Holy Spirit of God, we're going to struggle with the relationship with Jesus. People are trying to figure out a way, how can I live in the cares, in the ways, in the sinfulness of the world, but yet, Lord, how can I walk with you? The Bible teaches us that if we love Him, if we really care for Him, that, that, that He loves us and we vow unto Him that if we do that, and He talks about here that, that in that 21st verse that He's going to reveal Himself unto us. But He talks about in our Scripture reading, He said, I will give you another comforter. You know, John is the only author that we read that uses the word paraclete. The word paraclete is a word that means called alongside one to help and to aid. You know, when two people unite in holy matrimony, I believe it's very, very respectful that they gather in a place and they're saying, God, we're about to embark on a, a pretty daunting task and we need you to help us. You know what, folks? If you're here and you're saved, it's applaudable for you to say, God, I need to live a righteous life and I need you to help me for without you it is impossible to live a sinless or say sinless a life that is spirit filled and a life that reflects you. But today are we are we inviting him into that? Do we invite him to come alongside in the word paraclete? Only John uses that word. The word paraclete means to come alongside. Sometimes we kid in marriages today like, yeah, you got to marry a good husband or wife and they'll do this and they'll do that and they'll do that and I'm trying to train them and I understand that's all kind of in, in kidding and poking and fun. But the truth is is sometimes we want to say, God, come into our lives and you do this and this and this. But God said, no, we're going to do this together. Folks, I thank God today that, that, that God has allowed us to go through this life and we are not empty. We are not abandoned. We have God with us. And do we, when we vow to God that we're going to say, God, I, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do all of these things. I love you more than anything else. And let me ask you this. What would a husband do for his wife? And what would a wife do for her husband? What do we do for God? Let's ask ourselves, what does God do for us? Today, I believe it's very important that we understand how, how important it is. He said, I will send you another comforter. He said, I'm going to send you a, a being, not an it. I'm going to send you a being in the form of the Holy Spirit of God that's going to be there with you throughout life. 
You know what? I, I thank God today. March the 18th, there was a, a time when God reached down in my heart. He saved my soul. He gave me the Holy Spirit. And that was back in 1995. God gave me the Spirit of God. And you know what? God's Spirit has never left me. God's Spirit has always been there. But these heavenly vows that we make unto God, I thank Him, God, that He's always faithful in His promises. He is a faithful God. Would you agree to that? But also pray today that we would be faithful to God and to His calls. That we may say, God, You are what it's all about. All our actions, all of our needs, all the things that we do, all are about our relationship one with another. I've never given advice to anybody getting married that is married to do whatever you want to do for your own sake. I'm going to say you need to do what's best for your marriage. I'm going to say that one more time. Our society is telling you, you just need to take care of yourself. I will tell every man and woman that is getting married or about to, that are married that you need to do what's best for your marriage, not what's best for yourself. When it comes to our relationship with God, is there anybody here that's tempted to want to do things the way you want it done? This is what I want. This is what I, you know, and I, then God chastises and He reminds us that we have to do what's best for God. And you know what? His Word lays out a very plain path that we might be able to say, God, uh, th this is what I need to do. Our vows. Remember what we said in the, in the very beginning in Ecclesiastes. In the very beginning. Remember what Solomon begins to tell us. For he says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasures in pool, fools. Play, pay that which thou hast vowed. I believe today that God desires to give us the strength and the comfort that we need. For when he talks about, for I will give you another comforter. Another comforter is actually two words that we might combine together with strength. Let me ask you this. Very carefully I'm going to ask this. Are there people in life sometimes that are that make you weaker or that, that make you more tempted to get away from God? And what I mean by that is, is God a bad person to have around or is God a good person to have around? What would your answer be? There's sometimes we think there are people and sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and say it the way it's hurt. Sometimes we say it's toxic or it's bad or it's poison. We don't want those things. Folks, today I want you to know this about God. God is not bad for you in your life. God is not bad in a marriage. God is not wrong in your, in your lives. And again, the, our, our lesson this morning, Sunday school, was about inviting him in. Let him in. Aren't you thankful today that God is faithful in everything that He has promised to do? And He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, I'm going to give you the Spirit, which is a comfort. He also goes on to talk about, um, in that 17th verse, He said, even the Spirit of truth. If we're going to be filled by the Spirit of God, we also have to be controlled by the Word of God. I hope you understand what I mean when I say that. If we're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit of the Trinity, and Jesus is the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, I hope that we also understand today that we must abide by the Word of God. I, again, I'm going back to our Sunday school lesson this morning. I'm thankful for the lesson that we heard because it was a reminder to me is that we need God in our life. And as, as we make our vows unto God, and as God has vowed to love us and to care for us, that He's there for us. He provides the things that we need. And I believe today that Jesus is teaching us. He said, I will give you the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world is not able to receive what you and I as saved people are able to receive. 
neither knoweth him, but ye know him. How do we know him? For he dwelleth in, with you and shall be in you. Folks, there's nothing more doctrinally sound than that very statement. We believe that there is a drive and there is a forth within inside of us and a strength within inside of us that helps us to overcome. I have used the phrase that marriage can overcome love because sometimes we have tough love and sometimes we have a conditional, not unconditional, sometimes it's conditional. But you know what? Sometimes our vows remind us of what we should do. Sometimes God's word, maybe this doesn't happen to you, but it does to me. Sometimes God's word reminds me of what I should be doing. Sometimes God's word, I don't say sometimes, but very often does God's word remind me of what I should be doing and the things that I should be accomplished. But you know, the world comes along, and you've heard me say this so often, that in the day of all these things in front of our eyes, and they become enticing, and all of a sudden, we kind of get sidetracked on God. What about our relationship with you? What's important for us? And, and, and what's our highest priority? Where he said, I will send you another comforter. Now the word another comforter just means I'm going to give you one just like me. I loved as a child. I don't say I loved it. It was nice as a child that if I was ever in trouble, I just simply knew if it was after 5 o'clock, I could just get to my daddy. Everything was okay. It, just, it didn't matter. I, I, not that he was going to save the world or anything. It was just something about that if anybody was bothering me or anything was wrong, if it was after five and he was at home and he wasn't tied up at work, if I could just get to him, I knew that everything would be all right. You know what I'm thankful for today is that as much as we would love for Jesus to walk in here, you want to talk about celebrity status? You want to talk about that? If I was to tell you that Jesus was walking through those doors, you would marvel and you would quit paying attention to the preacher and you would be thinking, I don't care what you're saying, preacher, I'm going to listen to him because that is the Messiah walking in the door. Guess what the Holy Spirit is? Another part of that. And the Holy Spirit of God, let me be careful to say this, the Holy Spirit of God, even though we should be in harmony, me and the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of God should be always your guide and line. Are there people that's going to mislead you and misguide you? Yes. Intentional or unintentional? That's not the, the, the objective this morning. My objective is to understand is that we have one that's just like Christ Himself. He said, I've got to leave. He said, it's expedient that I go away. But if I do, He said, I'm going to send another comforter. There is no difference in Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we call it the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They all work together. We have a very powerful force inside of us. We have something that's very important for us today to realize is that, that, that God gives us the strength that we need today. And God can. But we have to look to Him and say, God, we've made these heavenly vows and we need today to seek after You so that that relationship might be pure. And of course, throughout the Scriptures, we read of people that have depended upon the presence of God in their life. But maybe things didn't always go the way they wanted. I'm going to read you a verse found in the book of Psalms, chapter 51. So the Spirit of God has moved before. Psalm 51 and 11 says this. 
David said, and remember, David was, was, was praying, God, give me where I need to be and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So David, in confessing his sin, said in the 11th verse, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. When the Lord sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, see if you can find in the scriptures the number of days he said the Holy Spirit will dwell with me. Read and study what you're going to find out is the Holy Spirit sent on the day of Pentecost to forever be with God's people. Aren't you glad today that we're not running out of the Holy Spirit of God? We need help. We need strength. We need endurance. We've made vows. God's made vows to us. God keeps His vows. We do. We say, God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to abide by your word. Your spirit's going to always dwell with inside of me. And all of a sudden, the old world comes along and draws us away from Him. And God said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I've said before, and I'm going to say this again. The sooner that my wife understands to ask me to do something because you love me, I'll do a whole lot of things that I do not want to do. Because if you love me, keep my commandments. Today, I'm not wanting to give you the, the sour message of God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. What God is saying is, if you do what He bids you to do, you will enjoy His blessings. And that's what the 21st verse says. He said, when you obey me, you listen to me, He said, that revealing is going to happen. People are looking for God, but they're not seeing Him. A lot of people say, God, where are you? I don't see you in all of this. But it all comes back. If you're living in the Word of God and you're under the Spirit of God, you will see Him. I believe that you'll see Him just like that those might have saw Him the day He was in the fiery furnace when they said there was a fourth that was in the image of, of God. I believe that you will see Him. I believe that, that you will see Him and experience Him. For today, that even though that, that we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, He still loves us. Do you know what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit of God? To make sad and sorrowful. Do you think God is happy when we turn away from Him and our vows and He's going to keep His vows. But do you think God is going to do that? Do you, do you think today that, that it causes grief and sadness upon God? And it even offends God. Today, uh, I hope that we realize that our body is a temple of the Spirit of God. And that we would desire for Him to dwell with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to turn over and read for just a minute. Paul said, I, he knew of two kinds of people that were out there. There's the natural, fleshly man, there's the spiritual. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He said, there's just a battle that's there. You want to talk about what happens in, in relationships and all these things in life is when people just start doing what they want to do, not what they have vowed to do. Let's read that again. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There's all kinds of people in Paul's 
life. There were men, there were women. There were Jews, there were Gentiles. There were people that were circumcised and uncircumcised. But what he's saying, the most important thing is, the two classifications of people out there, there are those that are of the natural flesh and there are those that are spiritual. Today, which one are we? We, we? we all have a natural flesh. But let me ask you this today. Which one rules in your life? Your flesh or the Holy Spirit of God? Let's go ahead and ask this this morning. Let, let's just ask today, do we let God's Spirit reign or do we live more in the flesh than we do in the Spirit? There's a battle that's out there. And this may have come up one day during the revival this week is that, that, that we can't forget the fact that there's battles and there's needs and sometimes we don't, we don't always feel the way that we should and things aren't always the way that we want them to happen. But there is this idea that God, you've loved me, you promised me you're going to love me, you promised me you're going to be there through all things and that in turn drives us to keep serving Him, that drives us to keep witnessing for Him. It drives us to do all of these things. And Paul said, there was a, a natural man today that's under the influence of their flesh. And he says, now, let me word it like this. He said, natural man has a standard. Natural man has a standard, or what we might call just a, a status quo. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, Christ-like. Do you think there's a different standard in Christ-like? In the natural man, two different standards. How do we obtain a higher standard? You're not going to do it on your own. You're going to need help. That's where God's word comes in. You need God's word. And then, how are you going to do these things? That's just not who you are. We need his spirit to come along and help us along the way. Today, I believe that we'll understand is that if we're going to follow after the spirit of God, that we need his presence in our life. For John chapter 14, I'm going to go back and read for just a minute. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Some of the favorite scriptures that I, I know. I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfortless means to be like an orphan. What an orphan is? Orphan doesn't know what a relationship with a mother or father is. It doesn't mean that you're missing one or the other. Orphan means you don't have anybody. If we were orphanless, that means we wouldn't have anybody to tell us right from wrong. We just kind of would do. He said, I'm not going to leave you like that. He said, I'm going to give you a father. He said, I'm going to give you a heavenly father. Somebody that's going to be there. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet, a little while... And the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live. Ye shall live also. Again, life that we have is not in, in our flesh. The life that we have is in Christ Jesus. But let's keep going. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Look at that trinity that's there. I am in my Father, you're in me, and I am in you. He that keepeth my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. This morning, is God trying to reveal himself unto you? Maybe you're, you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, God, where are you? 
Where are you at in, uh, in, in, in church? Where are you at in my job? Where are you at in my family? Where are you at in my home? Where are you at uh, with my children? Where are you at with my, my parents? And my, God, where are you at? God will reveal Himself if we'll turn to His Word. And I believe that God's with us. And I believe in that this morning. But I pray today that we'll realize that, that there's uh, heavenly vows that we're making. And that goes back to what we read to you there in the very beginning. For when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow, that thou shouldest vow and not pay. This morning, I've said what's on my heart. I want to get a song.